Good evening, everybody. Good evening, everybody. Awesome, awesome. Um, I know we kind of set you up with the mellow vibes right then, but it was a it was a facade. Because we're about to do something like all fast and pumpy and lots yes. of dancey stuff. Anybody ready to praise God this evening? All right, let's get it. Let's get some real love happening in oh. this place. 
just to, just to give you a little bit of a hint. Sing a sea shout. <laughs> <laughs> I 
throw my, I want to just sing this. I throw my hands to the sky. Cause I, yeah, good man. It's from this morning, do I? I throw my hands to the sky cause I feel so alive and I want to bring you praise. Fantastic. You already know it. You guys are awesome. <laughs> Throw your hands to the sky. 
Let's pray. Father, I thank you that we can gather together tonight, that we can celebrate Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are most welcome in this place. And tonight we invite you to do what you want to do. I ask that along the way, somewhere we will be inspired, empowered, and refueled so that when we go into our week, we can be like Jesus wherever we are. We can take something of the values of the kingdom into our city this week. So we thank you for this opportunity. I declare your blessing on every person. We take a moment to ensure that our hearts are open before you. We want to hear from you, God. We want to connect with you tonight. We want to encounter the King of all kings, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you for this opportunity. Amen. Amen. Why don't you say hello to half a dozen people around you and then find a seat somewhere. about who we are as a church and if there's any way we can help you in your journey we would love to do that so make sure you do that at the end in the meantime enjoy what God's doing and uh, if this is where you normally are on a Sunday night it is great to see you it's awesome to have Wayne and Libby pastors Wayne and Libby with us again this evening thank you wonderful and uh, we're going to hear from them shortly a bit more but it's so good to have them with us and Michael traveling with them all the way from Switzerland. Great to have you here. Pastors Don and Helen Lake all the way from Telpo with us tonight. That's wonderful. The Reefs all the way from Westside Church in Hamilton tonight. That's wonderful. And why don't you just give yourselves a big hand? Because you can. And if that's a hand for yourself, how about give Jesus a really big hand? Well, a couple of things I need to tell you about before we go any further is tomorrow night, we, um, the advanced sozo training has been held here for Monday, Tuesday, and um, tomorrow night there is an encounter night here, and uh, that will be a fantastic evening, it'll be a fantastic opportunity for it, you are welcome to come and be part of that, there is a door charge on tomorrow night, $10 a head or $20 a family. I feel I need to tell you that the door charge is not the price of encountering God. The door charge is the price of putting on an event. Encountering God is free. So you are most welcome to be here for that. This tomorrow night from 7.30pm. If this is your normal church home, Father's Day on the 3rd of September in the morning, there's only one gathering, not two. So that's 10am, so just make a mental note of that. And the other thing is this Tuesday night, there is no prayer meeting. So normally 
nothing shifts the prayer meeting, but this week we have the uh, the Sozo training here, so there will be no prayer meeting here this Tuesday night, so just make a mental note of that. The other thing is, hopefully as you came in, but if not, on the way out, grab one of these. Business Plus are putting on a event on the 6th of September at 7.30 I think it is, here. And uh, the special guest speaker that night is Andrew King. Andrew King is our mayor here in Hamilton. And uh, he's going to be sharing his life story with us. And uh, Andrew is an amazing man. He's now the mayor of Hamilton. He is a dedicated follower, disciple of Jesus Christ, which is pretty cool having a mayor in our city who loves Jesus. And uh, he's going to share his story with us. So that'll be very, very good. Well, has anyone had a birthday or a wedding anniversary in the last week? No, no one. That was so easy. No one. Sweet. Great. And pretend. Would you like a chocolate, Libby? Libby would like a chocolate. Thank you. Yeah. What's it? Oh, yeah, if you want to. Okay. Wayne's going to lead us in the happy birthday song for Libby. Happy birthday, my baby. Happy birthday, my baby. Happy birthday, my sweet honey child. Happy birthday, my baby. Happy birthday to you. Come on. <laughs> but now I feel guilty because it's just a facade. Imagine if it was your birthday. That'd be awesome. Great. No, live the dream for a day. Live the dream for a day. That's cool. Danielle, where are you? Why don't you come and lead us around communion tonight? How about giving Danielle a great big hand as she comes? Hi. I have a lot of books here because I have a lot to talk, talk about. Spoke about, wow. Okay, so first I'm going to read from a book called... Close Encounters of the God Kind, and it's by Jesse Duplantis, and I definitely recommend it. It's about his trip to heaven that was very realistic and very life-changing. Now I'm going to read this one part, and it's called, I Saw Children in the Thoughts of God. I saw new lives of little babies singing and flying around God's throne. It seemed to me that the babies just came out of the breath of God. They looked like they were wearing nightgowns. They flew into the presence of Jehovah. I realized they were new souls who came from the thoughts of God. God thinks kids. Now I know why those newborn babies are so precious. Babies are gifts given to us directly from the throne of God. I heard them saying to God, can I be a spirit? Would you send me to earth so I can be a spirit? I want to be a redeemed person. Can I be a spirit? And while I watched, I heard the mighty thoughts, mighty sounds of God's power. Whoosh. And I saw these babies leave the throne by the power of God. That's just a little part of that book. Okay, and so now I want to talk about those babies. I like babies. <laughs> I want you to realize that those babies are us. We were thought by God, and that's how He came into creation. Some of those babies. Some of us feel like we've never had an encounter with Jesus or had a special moment with Him. But the truth is, those babies are us. We flew around the Father asking to be a spirit. 
those were us. We knew that the Father, we knew the Father and the Son firsthand before we came down here to earth. But now you have a question. Why couldn't I stay up there with them? I want to be back up there with them where I can be with my Father face to face. Why do I have to be down here with a broken and corrupt society and world with an ugly culture, sin and temptation? But you know what? The babies from the book, they are asking God the Father if they can be a spirit too. One of us. One says, I want to be a redeemed one. We, we as those as those children chose to ask the Father if we can come down here to earth so that Jesus died for us and rose again for us too. We wanted to have the amazing life Jesus died to give these people here on earth. And now the verse here, hold on, I have to find them. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, so that whoever may pe- so, so that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That life was a gift to us. And then in Romans six verse twenty three it says, "For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of our God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord." That life is a gift. We need to start living life with the gift that it is. People are always making jokes about not being able to do life anymore, or I'm just over it, and I want to go hibernate for like 10 years. But we laugh about it, but it's not funny. This life is worth so much more than we make it. It's not what we deserve. We don't deserve this happiness, this joy, redemption. We don't even deserve the sun outside. We don't deserve anything. We deserve what Jesus got. The whips of glass in His side, the beating in the face, the spitting and the mocking, carrying our own cross to Calvary by ourselves. That's what we deserve. We don't deserve any of this. Do you get it? We don't deserve the life that we continuously complain about that really isn't that bad. Yes, it's probably raining outside, but that doesn't matter. It's just rain. We need to live our lives as redeemed people. The life that Jesus gifted us with. Now, because I suck at talking to people, it's just not something that I was gifted with. (laughs) I'm going to sing a song that's called Redeemer by Nicole C. Mullen. It's an amazing song. And I've kind of been like, not well, like my voice is kind of going, so don't judge if it sounds horrible. But can you please just listen to the words of this song and let it touch your heart because it means so much. Now, if the things have been handed out, have they? Okay. Yeah, so just, you know, let the words soak in. Who taught the sun where to stand in the morning? And who told the ocean you can only come this far and who
that spins things in orbit runs to the I think she deserves a bigger hand than that. Come on. I think you might have got the speaking gift too, Danielle. I think it's there. I really do. Fantastic. Isn't it amazing? What's it? Jesse Duplantis it was, eh? The, um, the vision. That's quite an amazing picture, isn't it? He's got quite a way with words of painting. Painting something that he, that he saw. It's amazing. Well, we're going to continue in our worship, and uh, Pastors Wayne and Libby are going to continue to lead us, and then whenever it suits, Libby's going to speak to us tonight, and um, so just whenever it works for you, you feel free, and it'll all work out as it goes. Now, we're really, really honoured to have them with us this weekend, and um, I am grateful that they've made the time to be here, and as I've said earlier in the day, I really want to, uh, again, express our thanks to you and, and honour you guys. I love the heart with which you minister and live. And it really is an honour to be on the planet at the same time and in the same country, doing the same stuff, more or less, although we do it slightly different. And uh, it is so cool. So, Church, can you jump up on your feet, please? How about giving Pastors Wayne and Libby a great big hand now? Welcome. Enjoy. Oh God, you 
Worship before we worship. Oh, my Redeemer, Jesus, you're my Redeemer, and you live. Giving us new life, giving us fullness of life, fullness of life. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Spirit. 
Your prayer 
Of a sweet, sweet sound of worship to our King of Kings and our Lord of Lords, the one that never leaves, He'll never leave, He'll never leave. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you that not only do you invite us into a place of worship, we be bow down in reverence, but you invite us into a place of intimacy, where we get a sense that you're longing for our presence as much as we're longing for yours. Father, that truth blows me away. That truth changes everything. That the maker of the universe, the holy God, our Father, our Redeemer, our Saviour, our, our friend, longs for our presence longs to be with us. So Father, this evening, we accept that. We take that truth right down deep into our soul, right down deep into the places where we maybe have been tempted to reject that or not believe it. And tonight we say, we believe, we believe, Father, that your heart for us is intimacy, your heart for us is oneness, your heart for us is that we would be your sons and daughters, no longer slaves, but children, dearly beloved, accepted, approved of, with all the rights that children carry. We thank you, Father. We thank you tonight. And we lift up a shout of praise to our God, to our King, to our Father, to our deepest friend, to our closest companion. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Come on, let something come out of your mouth this Love you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for what you did before the foundation of the world to make it possible for us to have relationship with you. We love you, God. Amen. And all God's people said a great big fat. Amen. Ah, good. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 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 <laughs> you can take your seats. my chocolate. Wayne's having my chocolate. Can you grab my Wow. He sung me a happy birthday song then took my chocolate. It's not even my birthday. They're my, oh, they're right. No, don't worry, don't worry. I'll just have to squint. Good evening. Um, wow, what a beautiful time. And uh, I just want to say thank you so much, um, Pastor Sheridan and Jan, for having us yet again. Um, Pastor Sheridan at all three services has said, make yourselves at home. <laughs> and whenever he says that to Wayne, it's a little bit scary. Um, 
you know, there's always a, a kind of a sense of, oh, what's he going to say? But he's awesome. And we had two amazing services this morning. And um, tonight I have the privilege of bringing a, real, bringing a really quick word to you. But I think it's a word that's uh, timely and in season. Um, so I'm hoping and praying that this is going to be good. No, I'm believing. I know it's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but first, actually, Michael, can you come up here quickly? Um, Pastor Sheridan introduced Michael. This is um, Michael. He's one of our students at Creative Lab this year. Um, and he came all the way from Zurich, Switzerland, to study in New Zealand for a year. And I don't know, like, Michael just came, has come down here this weekend because he was really interested predominantly in what happened last night. We did a... Um, with Tyra and Rob and, and 15 to 20 other churches. How many were here last night for the, like the New Zealand Worship Network gathering? It was so good. Um, and there's something really special happening down here. And Michael came because he's got a heart to maybe see something like that established in Zurich. But I just want you to take 30 seconds or a minute just to talk about what you're seeing here and how that's kind of inspired something in you for back home. Is that cool? Yeah. Awesome. Sure. Yeah. Hello, Tamer. Es ist eine Ehre bei euch zu sein, meine lieben Geschwister. Es ist wirklich mega cool. Um, that means so much as it's an honor and a privilege to be with you, my dear brother and sisters. To, and yeah, yesterday it was just amazing when we sang this Maori English song. I realized, wow, it's powerful when God's children um, find their true identity and sing. Like when Maori people start to sing and worship God with in, in their, yeah, who they are. And Kiwi people start, start to worship Him as Kiwi people. And Swiss people start to worship Him as Swiss people. There's power when we come all together and lift up, um, yeah, the worship to God. Because we, all, we are all His sons and daughters. And my encouragement is... Don't forget that you're beloved sons and daughters of our fathers and keep on leaning into who you are and, and just rise up uh, a worship of your soul. And that's all it's gotta, yeah, all this, this church needs, this region needs. Thank you. Yeah. Take that as a prophetic word. Is that cool? <laughs> hey, um, okay, so uh, we are living in unbelievable days. I don't know about you, but the last probably, I mean, I've been a Christian, um, oh, I won't say how long, but for many years, since I was 12 years old. I'm not going to tell you how old I am now because then you'll do the math. But, um, but, or how many years I've been a Christian, but I have been a Christian since I was 12 years old. And my journey, in fact, we've got some books out the bat real quickly. Wayne's got an amazing book called Rebranding Worship that he wrote three years ago. Uh, it's the culmination of a whole lot of prophetic download that God gave him about what we were created for, which is intimacy and oneness with God. Um, it's about worship. It has nothing to do with music. Therefore, all of you need to read it. <laughs> That's good, eh? Um, we've also got my book out there called Journey, which is just my own personal journey into intimacy with Jesus. The journey hasn't finished yet, obviously. I'm in the middle of thinking about writing number two. Um, but with that book also, I have a little download card, which is the album of songs that I recorded that goes with that. And it's real raw, quite raw, soaking worship. So I'd love for you to grab those at the end. Is that cool? Awesome. So we're living in amazing days. Like I said, I became a Christian when I was 12 years old. And um, my journey has been... A, a greater awakening and awareness of um, not just that I've been saved, but that I've been called and purposed for something 
great, something much bigger than just living a day-to-day existence. And uh, Wayne, Wayne, and we all have, yes, do we agree with that? We've all been called for huge purpose, but the ultimate purpose, the ultimate dream, the ultimate prize is Jesus. Relationship with Him, intimacy with Him, because that heals and changes and frees us from everything. Everything can be met in an intimate relationship with our Creator, everything. Everything is um, grounded and founded in that. And so that's been my journey, just understanding that more and more. But as I'm getting older, I'm realizing that this life that I'm living and that you're living can't just be about our own little world. It's got to be about the world. It's got to be about the fact that we are the church. We um, had a gathering, like I said, of 15 to 20 churches here last night, and it was the church It wasn't churches, a whole lot of little houses. It was the church. And within the church is us, the church. We're the living stones. Wayne talked about that this morning. We are are living, breathing pieces of God's heart and his body on this earth to be priests to the rest of the world. That's our purpose, to love God, to have that intimate relationship, but then to love the world around us. And um, Wayne mentioned this this morning about... um, about every 500 years, God takes out the trash or takes out the garbage or puts the rubbish bins out. We'd probably say New Zealand, put the rubbish out. But, um, but, but, and and that's, that's kind of a, a sort of a theology of, of um, when you look back all throughout church history, there are significant 500-year marks where God has done something and shaken up the ideologies and man-made theories and the things that man has come in and kind of squashed and put his hand on. And, and God has then said, now it's time to shake this up again because a new revelation of, of what the church is, a new revelation of my heart needs to come through. And the last great shaking was exactly 500 years ago, the Great Reformation. Who's heard of the Reformation? Martin Luther, Zwingli in Switzerland. We visited Grossmonster, which um, Zwingli um, was, was a, a contemporary of Calvin and, and Luther, and he was part of the Reformation that came to Switzerland. It was a really moving time, actually, being there and seeing that. But, um, but realizing that 500 years on, we're at another shaking point. It's literally, and I don't want to put it, you know, be one of those things, ones that builds a kind of a foundation of theology around dates and times and timelines. But the fact is that uh, this year is the 500 mark, um, marking Martin Luther basically, um, you know, stepping in and saying, this has got to stop. This has got to stop. These, these man-made um, impositions and this opposition and this ungodly oppression on man, um, Christians, it's got to stop. We're saved by faith. We're saved by grace. That's basically what he said. And so the neat thing about um, about these shakings, and, and I'm, I, like I say, I'm not building a theology around it or trying to make a timeline or predict what's going to happen. But um, whatever, uh, whatever, whenever there's one of these 500-year marks happen, some significant things happen. One, the old gets shaken up and, and gets thrown away. Two, the new emerges, the new that God wants to do, the new thing that He is birthing and doing. And the, the outflow of that, number three, is a huge awakening of new faith. New, more salvation, revival, and outpouring of God's Spirit. And we've just sung tonight, pour it out. Let your love run over. Here and now, let your glory fill this house. Pour it out. Tongues of fire, testifying of the Son. One desire, Spirit, come. Then it says, speak revival. Speak revival. Speak revival. Prophesy like it's done. It's done. 
It's done. My goodness, I want you to catch this tonight. When we speak something out and we speak in line with what God has said, we prophesy. We don't prophesy that it's going to happen. We prophesy that it's done. It's already in motion. It's already happened. And I get so excited about that. Can you tell? Hmm. So, um, so, so we're right at that point again. And I don't know if any of you are sensing it, but I've been sensing it for probably the last seven to 10 years. Where I'm like, something's shifting. I've, I've had huge internal shifts within my own life. I'm like, oh, I've got to somehow prepare, make room for the shift. Something's going on and I can't work it out, but I want to be ready. I want to be ready. And um, this is what I believe, that this, this next great reformation, it's going to be about revival. It's going to be about huge amounts of salvation. But these three, I believe, I'm not saying again, this is theology. This is just my thoughts. But I believe that there are three um, areas that God is really highlighting. And one is the revelation of our identity as royal sons and daughters. Identity as royalty. You are royal sons and daughters of the Most High God. You are royalty. You are kings and queens. You were made to rule and to reign with Him. The second thing, the revelation of the Father's heart and love. We're returning to the love, loving heart of the Father. Not the dictator God, not the, but the, the loving heart of the Father. And then number three is the revelation of true intimacy being what we were totally created for. Those three things, I think, are hallmarks. That's what God's calling us back to. That's what the, this new great awakening is about. And um, with each of these things, I believe there's, there's, a, there's a key that we need to partner with God in. Because one, yes, we just need to accept that this is what he's doing, but we need to play our part too. There's something that we need to do. And I don't know if you're aware, I've been kind of low-key trying to find out as much as I can about neurology and psychology and just neuroscience and neuroplasticity. And probably it's the last 20 to 30 years that this whole science has really come to the fore. And really, like, so neuroplasticity is basically the, the, um, the science that the brain isn't hardwired. It's not a computer like we thought, but it is actually malleable and moldable, and it's moldable by the way we think. It's our thoughts dictate the, the, the format or the landscape of our brain. And if, we're, if our thoughts are continually going down a negative place, then that sets out to create the reality. Our brain actually fires to create that thing. You know, and if our brains are going down a positive place, if we train ourselves to think the right things, that's going to be our outcome. And we sort of go, oh, wow, that's kind of like a little bit kind of freaky. But this is what neuroscience in the last 20 to 30 years, and I believe this is part of what God's wanting us to step into as Christians and understanding that science is finally backing up the Word of God that says you will be transformed as you renew your mind. As you renew your mind as our thinking changes, as our perceptions change, as we choose, like just chatting with Ray before the service, as we, as we choose things like gratitude and thankfulness against what our feelings are telling us, but we say, I'm gonna choose to be thankful. I love the fact that you're having the Sozo conference here tomorrow. For those of you who can, get here for the encounter night. Oh my gosh, I'm such a lover of Sozo. Like, and there's a really neat story that, um, you know the 10 lepers, the story in the Bible where the 10 lepers got healed? And, and it talks about the fact that um, no, they all got healed, but only one came back and said, thank you to Jesus. And the 10 got healed, but the one that came back and said, thank you, got sozo. Sozo made, was made whole, 
healed, saved, delivered. He was completely whole because gratitude, thankfulness, and actually speaking that out changed the landscape of his life. What we think will determine what we speak. Man, I'm just like, this is, oh. Anyway, (laughs) I get so excited because I truly believe this is part of what God wants us as Christians to catch. For too long, we've just thought things and thought, oh, well, that's just the way it is. You know, like we even look at our genetic makeup and we think, oh, well, you know, apart from hardwine genetics, genetics like blue eyes, I'm never going to have brown eyes. I can't think my way to having brown eyes. That's hardwiring genetics. And this is really layman's terms because I haven't studied this deeply. But, but things like a, a predisposition to certain illnesses, we can change that by thinking the right stuff. We, we have the ability to switch on these genetic dispositions. And it it proves again that we will be transformed as we renew our minds, as we think in line with what the Word of God says, not just what society's saying or what we think's nice. It can't just be nice, fluffy thoughts. We base our thoughts on the Word of God, yeah? So, um, oh, if you want a title for my message, which is gonna be real quick now, um, that was a long introduction. But I just wanna, I wanna share from you, with you from Mark 6 tonight. And the title, if you wanna write something down, is Don't Be Boxed In. Don't be boxed in. We're, we're breaking the boxes. We're breaking out of containment and confinement and wrong perceptions and wrong ways of thinking. We've got to renew our minds. Yeah? So let me read to you from um, Mark 6. And uh, there's three accounts in this chapter that I'm going to read to you, if that's cool. Yes? Good. Okay. Mark chapter 6, verse 1. He left there and returned to his hometown. That's talking about Jesus. His disciples came along, and on the Sabbath, he gave a lecture in the meeting place. So he's gone back to his hometown, Nazareth, yeah? Nazareth was a town of maybe 400 people. It was just small, just little. And Jesus grew up. He was born there. He was a baby there, a child there. He grew up into adolescence there. That was his hometown. So uh, on the Sabbath, he gave a lecture in the meeting place. He made a real hit, impressing everyone. We had no idea he was this good, they said. How could he get so wise all of a sudden with such great ability? But in the next breath, they were cutting him down. Oh, he's just a carpenter, Mary's boy. We've known him since he was a kid. We know his brothers, James, Justice, Jude, and Simon, and his sisters. Who does he think he is? They tripped over what little they knew about him, and they fell sprawling, and they never got any further. Whoa. Jesus told them, a prophet has has little honor in his hometown, among his relatives, on the streets he played in as a child. Jesus wasn't able to do much of anything there. He laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. That's all. He couldn't get over their stubbornness. He left and made a circuit of the other villagers teaching. This, I've read this passage many times and I'm kind of like, Oh, of course. It's because, you know, he felt dishonor. So he wasn't, be able to, wasn't able to do any miracles there. Like, but this is like, this, the, oh man, where it says here, in the very next breath, they were cutting him down. These people who knew Jesus as a child, they had a glimpse of his greatness. They heard him teaching in the synagogue. They heard this amazing stuff coming out of his mouth. And they're going, how did he get so wise? Whoa, this is incredible. But they made a choice in that moment. They'd been revealed that had the greatness of Jesus, that had his wisdom and his teaching, and I think a revelation of who he was, was laid before them. They slightly caught it, but then in the next breath, they cut him down. And that shut down the power of Jesus. 
my goodness, you need to hear this tonight. <laughs> that cut, shut down the power of Jesus. Jesus was not able to do anything more in that place. And what's worse is they actually cut down their own, um, it limited them as well. When it says here, who does he think he is? They tripped over what little they knew about him and fell sprawling and they never got any further. Those people were limited, they were inhibited, their thinking was um, made small, they, were, they uh, just bowed again to what they perceived Jesus to be. They had a glimpse of who he was and then in the next breath, they resorted and defaulted to their way of thinking and they were cut down or shut down and Jesus' power was shut down. And the thing is, I wanna say don't box Jesus in. We have expectations of him, perceptions of how he should move, but our own mindsets need to change. I've often read this passage in light of, you know, um, Jesus' power and thought, oh, Jesus just chose not to do any more miracles there. Like he just chose not to. But actually, if, we're, if, if we've been given free choice and free will, and we have cut, shut down Jesus with our words, then Jesus can't move. That's not limiting his power. That's just saying we have the ability to actually um, shut down his ability to move. And that's scary. And it's all about our perceptions. It's all about our mindsets, the way we think over and over, and then the words that come out of our mouths. How many times, we we're talking with um, some people this morning, but, you know, and Wayne mentioned it last night too. How many times have we had a prophecy <laughs> over our life and we go, oh, that one again. Like we've had, you know, one, one prophetic word that's been over and over and over so many times. And, um, and every time we hear it again, we're like, it, it's almost like this, oh yeah, kind of don't want to hear it again. In our minds, we are shutting down the ability for that prophetic word to come to being, to come to pass. Now God's word does say that his word will not return void. Every word he speaks will accomplish what, so th thankfully that's amazing, but actually we, we're shutting down the um, fruition of that word by the way we're thinking about it. Um, a guy called, called uh, Doug Addison, who's a bit of a prophetic dude, some of you may have heard of him, but he said this last week on, a, on, a, on an email thing. He said, we need to be very careful that we are not speaking withering words over ourselves or others. We need to speak fruitful words and have fruitful thoughts. Yeah, it's a great challenge. We need to watch the words that we're speaking over ourselves and the words we're speaking over others. Not withering words, but fruitful words. I think this is part of what God's shifting and changing in us. Will we be people who speak words of life, who think fruitful thoughts, and that will take us down a fruitful path? We actually have the ability to, well, we don't have the ability. We have the mind of Christ. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ, but are we going to actually access it and think the things he wants us to think? Because that's going to take us down the right path. Um, so here's a little quote that I remember hearing years ago. If we were able to understand everything there is to know of God and understand his ways and how he works, he would only be as big as our finite mind and therefore not worthy of worship. And yet that's what we do often. We try and figure God out. Oh, he works this way. Oh, I've seen him work this way before. He's going to do that again. Or, um, you know, this is the way Jesus is for me. And we create Jesus in our image. We're created in God's image. He's not created in ours. We don't get to choose what God's going to be like. We just have to let Jesus out of the box, and we have to expand our thinking and dare to let him say or challenge our thinking. Dare to let him challenge our thinking. Is that cool? 
So that's point number one. Don't box Jesus in. Then Mark 6, verse 7 to 13, this is point number two. Um, Jesus called the 12 to him. So this is after they've left Nazareth. He says, Jesus called the 12 to him and he sent them out in pairs. He gave them authority and power to deal with the evil opposition. He sent them off with these instructions. Don't think you need a lot of extra equipment for this. You are the equipment. No special appeals for funds, just keep it simple. And then it talks about how if you're not welcome, sh you know, shake the dust off, blah, blah, blah. Then it says, then they were on the road. They preached with joyful urgency that life can be radically different. Right and left, they sent the demons packing. They brought wellness to the sick, anointing their bodies and healing their spirits. This is the disciples who are rough fishermen and tax collectors and all this. Like They're rough and ready guys. And yet Jesus gathers them together and he's, he's almost saying, okay, I'm about, to, I'm about to give you some power and some instructions that are gonna blow your mind. You get some impairs and he says, okay, you're gonna go out. But this is what I'm going to do first. I'm going to give you all power and authority to deal with any evil opposition. But then, and this is what I think is really interesting. He says to them, don't take any extra equipment with you. You are the equipment. You carry the message. You carry the message. We are kingdom carriers. We carry the kingdom of God. We carry heaven in us. I love the songs that are coming out at the moment all around the world about heaven being here and as it is in heaven and um, let the atmosphere of heaven invade earth. But the fact is we carry the kingdom. Heaven is here because we're carrying Jesus with us wherever we go, in our schools, in our workplaces, in our families, wherever we are going on a daily basis, we carry the kingdom. And Jesus, those instructions are the same to us. We look at it and go, oh, it's just the disciples, they were special. 12 awesome men. Yeah, they were 12 awesome men. They were also 12 ordinary men. And, uh, <laughs> and we have hindsight if anything we should be able to do better things because we've got the word to tell us you know all about these guys were walking it out with Jesus in the moment they're kind of discovering we read about and go whoa that could be us the fact is it could be us and it should be us Jesus sends us out maybe not in pairs but he sends us out on a daily basis and he says I've given you all power and all authority but don't build a program around it. Don't build a system around it. Don't build a whole lot of um, you know, stuff that you think you need to demonstrate my power. You are the equipment. In other words, you have everything you need right now to carry the kingdom, to be a world changer. And you, and you don't have to do it. it, it he said, keep it simple. Don't muddy it up with a whole lot of stuff. You are the equipment. You have everything you need. And so point number two is don't box yourselves in. Man, I, this has been my lifelong journey of negative cycles of thinking, you know. I'll, I'll hear God say something. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then it's like, oh, but I don't know if I could do that. Or, oh, do I really have what it takes? Or, oh, I'm still a wee bit broken. We're all a wee bit broken still. We're walking that journey to wholeness, you know. And our soul, our spirits are perfect. The soul is a lifelong journey. But you know what I mean? Like, we limit what God can do through us because we limit ourselves. We box ourselves in. And Jesus clearly said, I've given you all power, all authority, not a little bit, all, everything you need, and you are the equipment. We don't need a whole lot of programs and stuff to, to pump it up. We have what we need right now. And yet again, we box ourselves in. Just like the... Um, just like when, when Jesus went back to Nazareth and they, they said that telling comment, who does he think he is? How many times have we said that to ourselves? 
oh man, who do I think I am? Like God's given me this great word for greatness, but I'm like, oh, maybe it was meant for someone else. Don't know if, oh, maybe I heard wrong. Who do I think? Oh, people are gonna think I'm arrogant if I say this is the dream of my heart, the God dream. Who do I think I am? Or we hear the enemy with words of condemnation. Who do you think you are? <laughs> you, you don't have what it takes. You know, and, or we hear it from other people, people cutting us down. We've got to get past those things, not box ourselves in and dare to believe what God says. If He's spoken a word over you, then, then have the faith to believe that He's spoken it and it's going to come to pass. But as soon as you shut it down with your own negative thinking or that, those wrong mindsets or concepts, it, it, again, the power's limited. We have everything we need. We have to dare to believe that. Is that cool? Yeah, I'm a friend of ours and our music team back home um, said to us the other day, I'm, I'm on a fast. I said, really? She's a real creative. She's a, dra- a drama major student and whatever. She's an actor, actress. <laughs> but she's, so she's really theatrical and she's very prophetic. And she goes, I'm on a fast. I said, oh, what are you fasting? She goes, I'm fasting negativity or negative thinking and criticism. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> seriously? She goes, yeah, negative thinking and criticism. I'm like, man, like, how's that, how's that working out for you? She goes, it's been really hard, but it's been amazing. She said, in two days, I've noticed such a shift internally. She said, I'm, like, I grab negative thoughts. I'm like, no, I will not think that. I push it aside. Every time I start to feel a criticism come out of my mouth about someone else or something or a situation or myself, I, I cut it down. I've been really trying to be diligent. But she said, I'm hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit a whole lot more close a whole lot more clearly and I'm sensing his presence so much more near so much closer I'm like because the Holy Spirit's attracted to faith and when we make room when we dare to believe when we dare to put those mindset aside and say I'm not gonna shut myself down the Holy Spirit is attracted to that yeah faith pleases him so um Another, another guy I listened to a wee bit is Graham Cook, and he, and he talks about changing the lenses and having the mind of a saint. So changing lenses, like putting different lenses on. And he simply says, if the thought that you're having is not making you feel good about yourself or Jesus, choose another thought. That's simple. Just choose another thought. Like just decide to put that one aside because it's obviously not godly. It's not taking you down a good path. Just choose another thought. It's actually that simple. We'll be transformed as we renew our mind what do we do with our minds we think cool okay good (laughs) okay lastly because I do need to wrap this up real quickly and then um then this is mark six so so number one don't box Jesus in number two don't box yourself in you are the equipment you have all you need and then this is mark 6 30 to 44 sounds long but it's really interesting the apostles then rendezvous with Jesus so they've come back from there going in and out around about healing the sick and seeing amazing things happen, teaching people they can live a radically different life. Um, So they've come back and then Jesus says, come off by yourselves. Let's take a break. Get a little rest. How many know that rest is good for us? Yes. (laughs) For there was constant coming and going. They didn't even have time to eat. So they got in the boat and went off to a remote place by themselves. Someone saw them going and the word got around. From the surrounding towns, people went out on foot running and got there ahead of them. And when Jesus arrived, he saw this huge crowd. At the sight of them, his heart broke. Like sheep with no shepherd they were. He went right to work teaching them. Man, the heart of compassion of Jesus. 
He was the one saying to the disciples in his earthly state, come on, let's go, let's go and get some rest. Let's regroup and get some rest. Let's, you know, um, just have some time for ourselves because he was all God, but he was all man. Um, so his example is good enough for us. But when he saw the crowd, his heart broke. Compassion ruled his heart. Like sheep without a shepherd they were. So he went right to work teaching them. Now listen to this line. This is hilarious. When his disciples thought this had gone on long enough, oh my gosh, <laughs> like they get to decide. When his disciples had thought this had gone on long enough, like, come on, Jesus, you're prattling on a bit. You know, like everyone's getting a bit hungry. You said we're going to get some rest and now you're going on, you're going on, it's going on long enough. Um, when, he, when the disciples thought this had gone on long enough, it was now quite late in the day. They interrupted. We are a long way out in the country and it's very late pronounce a benediction and send these folks off so they can get some supper. You know, they had the, the semblance of thinking of the people. Really, they're thinking of their own stomachs, I think. Um, but it's kind of like, come on, Jesus, wrap it up. This has gone on long enough. Wrap it up, pronounce a benediction, let's send these people off so they can get some supper. And then Jesus said, you do it. Fix supper for them. You do it. You know, if you're so good, you do it. Fix supper for them. They replied, are you serious? <laughs> you want us to go spend a fortune on food for their supper? But he was quite serious. <laughs> How many loaves of bread do you have? Take an inventory. That didn't take long. <laughs> I love the message. <laughs> that didn't take long. Five, they said, plus two fish. Jesus got them all to sit down in groups of 50 or 100. They looked like a patchwork quilt of wildflowers spread out on the green grass. He took the five loaves and two fish, lifted his face to heaven in prayer, blessed, broke, and gave the bread to the disciples. And the disciples in turn gave it to the people. He did the same with the fish. They all ate their fill. The disciples gathered 12 baskets of leftovers. More than 5,000 were at the supper. And so just, you know, like as I wrap this up, point number three is don't box Jesus' power in. I think if we're at Reformation again, this is a 500-year mark. He's saying some pretty specific things to um, the world about where he's calling us to. We're in a season of acceleration. He wants his power to explode, but we actually have the scary ability of shutting him down, shutting ourselves down and shutting his power down because we get stuck in very earthly temporal thinking. The disciples, they, listen, they had just gone out in pairs with all power and authority, sent demons packing, healed people, talked about this radically different life. They'd come back buzzing, buzzing, super excited about what God's doing what Jesus has done, what the, the power they've seen. Can you imagine if that was you? Like, you're like, whoa. Like we saw people healed and all this amazing stuff happening. And then Jesus starts preaching to some people and they get tired and hungry and a bit bored when the disciples thought this had gone on long enough. Like, I can't get over that line. That again, just temporal thinking, locked into the default mode. We're hungry, but, but they made it look kind of religious. Come on, let's, let's, the people must be hungry by now. Just send them away, pronounce a benediction and let them go and get. And Jesus challenged them. You do it. You fix them supper. He was giving them a glimpse, a little window of opportunity to either stay in their silly thinking, their temporal, earthly, natural thinking, or to go, there's a miracle about to happen here. There's something about to happen in this place that we haven't even begun to comprehend yet. Yeah, we've seen some amazing things the last few days, but Jesus is about to do something pretty unreal, supernatural. 
Where will we stay? What will we choose? Do we stay in our earthly human thinking or do we go, okay, Jesus, yeah, we'll fix the suffer. We have no idea how we're going to do it, but you've told us we have power and authority. You've told us we're the equipment. So if you've said it, I believe it. Don't box his power in. I don't know what, what situations we're all walking through here tonight. You know, life happens and stuff happens, but I just think we're at the place where God's wanting His power and His glory to explode on the earth, to explode, to be unprecedented, living supernatural, miraculous lives, not just seeing it happen, but us actually involved, co-creating with Him, seeing stuff happen because we're like daring to believe, to put aside our earthly thinking and go, no, no, I'm getting out of this and I'm stepping into the supernatural. I'm stepping into, I'm choosing another thought. I'm choosing to discipline my mind. I'm choosing to align myself with what God says. He has not changed. The same Jesus that did all that stuff back then. You know, it's so easy to read the Gospels and go, wow, some cool stuff. What a man, wouldn't it be cool to live back then? Guess what? <laughs> We're living back then now. <laughs> we have the same Jesus in us. We have the same power available to us. We are the equipment. We can co-create with Him and see incredible things happen. Incredible things happen. So here's how I want to finish this. This um, Last week when I was, I was having a quiet time and I felt God tell me to read Mark 6. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I'd literally been talking to him about some of my mindsets and some of my default thought processes that still needed shifting and changing. Just ways of thinking. Negativity, I was trying the fast, the criticism and negativity fast. I wasn't doing very well. But, um, but, I, but I, was, I was asking God, literally I'd written my journal, is it just my thoughts? Do I just need to change? You know, and I felt him say, read Mark 6. So I did and I'm like, Whoa, this is pretty cool. But I could identify areas in my life where I was boxing Jesus in to what was safe and comfortable and neat and understandable and workoutable. Not even a word. But you know what I mean? And I was boxing myself in big time. Oh, I don't know if I can do it. Oh, negative thinking. Oh, maybe someone else is called to this. Maybe I got it wrong. Maybe I didn't really hear God. And then just this, you know, the, I, the supernatural power I, I desperately want it, but I'm desperately scared too at the same time. But I think this is what God, I think, I think we're going to start seeing amazing supernatural stuff happening. But we've got to be willing to break the boxes. And so I, I felt God say, read Mark 6. And then that same afternoon, I was just um, on Facebook and I follow a few kind of prophetic voices. And, and one of these ladies, a lady called Lana Vorza, who Wayne mentioned this this morning, but, but literally she'd posted a prophetic word that she'd sensed the Lord saying and it said this I am breaking boxes I will not be contained this is like two hours after I've just read <laughs> and written this kind of message I'm breaking boxes I will not be contained I'm breaking boxes my people I'm breaking agendas this season of acceleration this season of momentum I'm going to show up in power and my glory is going to be seen like you have never seen before but do not try and box me I will not be contained. I'm breaking boxes and I'm increasing hunger and faith, the purity of heart in my people that are not seeking self-promotion nor seeking celebrity status or value in ministry or what I've called them to, but laid down lovers who know my heart and I can trust to steward the increase that I'm releasing. I'm not looking for perfect people. I'm looking not for those with great ability. I'm looking for those with a heart that says, Lord, I am yours and I'm available. I want your will. Such increase and positioning of great favor will come upon those who have laid 
or who live laid down. It's not a place of earning or getting things right. It is a place of surrender that is the great set place of positioning for increase. When I show up, don't allow fear of the new thing I am doing to cause you to uh, cause you to hinder my move. When I show up in this season in great ways, when I show up in unexpected ways, throw the agendas aside, throw the plans aside, and give me room to move. So that that uh, yeah, I just think, man, we've got to. If you write nothing else down tonight, write that down. Don't box Jesus in. Don't box yourself in. Don't box His power in. But also that. There is absolute power and truth in the fact, or, or you know, Romans 12, 2, that says you will be transformed as you renew your mind. Because I think all of this is hinged on our thinking. Will we dare to think differently? Will we dare to align our thoughts and our mind with what the Word of God says? Or will we stay stuck in negative cycles, negative patterns that keep everything boxed and neat and tight? So I'm going to hand over to Pastor Sheridan tonight, because um, I have gone over time. I'm so sorry. But, um, but if, you, if you feel like that's something that you want to respond to tonight, I'm not ask for an altar call. But if you know there are areas in your thinking that need to be shifted or that you need to shift, God's not going to do it for you. You've got to do it. You've got to decide and choose. If you know that's you and, and you've been boxing Jesus in or His power or even your opinions of yourself, just respond in this moment as the guys play. Um, and, and just say, God, I'm making a decision tonight. You might need to go on a criticism and negative thinking fast and see what God might do through that. But I'm going to hand back to Pastor Sheridan, and if that is you tonight, he, he's going to lead it from here. But um, I'd like us to close our eyes, and I'm going to pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God, that you have given us all we need to live this incredible life that is going to show Jesus to the rest of the world. We are the equipment. We carry the answer. But Father, stuff needs to shift. Stuff needs to change. Thinking needs to be uh, arrested and changed. And so Father, do what only you can do. Show us where we need to shift, where our mindsets need to be challenged and changed. And we will determine with the power of your Holy Spirit to do it. We love you, Father. We love you, Father. you need to respond tonight to Jesus, why don't you just stand right where you are? I'm the first standing, by the way. open your heart before him. He's doing the work. No one needs to pray for you. Just open your heart before him tonight.
us, Jesus. Help us. You see every willing heart. Help us. Help us get beyond ourselves. Help us trust you. Help us set our expectations of you free. ourselves thinking and adjust our thinking tomorrow, prompted by you. Father, dreams that have been placed and our hearts, words that have been spoken into our lives, I ask that you would stir them again. Bring them to the surface of our thinking. And Lord, we wouldn't dismiss those things, but we'd embrace First of all, the one who spoke those things, you, who showed us those things, who desires those things. And then we'd set our path after you. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, to start seeing the box broken is when we come into relationship with Jesus Christ. Everything Pastor Libby's talked about tonight is in relationship with Jesus Christ. You cannot operate in a void. You cannot uh, have expectation in a void and expect anything to happen. But when our faith is in Jesus, the scripture tells us in Romans chapter 10, it says, we will not be disgraced. We will not be disgraced. But it says our hope, our faith is in Jesus Christ. And tonight, I'm not sure where you're at. But I want to invite you as we finish to step into a relationship with Jesus. If you've never done that, or perhaps you've done it, but for whatever reason, you've stepped back from Him. Tonight, He gives the invitation for us to step into relationship with Him. That is the life that you're designed to live. That's the life I'm designed to live. It will not be a bed of roses. There will be plenty of challenge on the way. But it's the way you're designed. It's the way I'm designed. And that is, it's revered for intimacy with our Creator. You know, in Genesis, the, the early chapters there, when Adam and Eve sinned, and they were suddenly afraid and they hid from God. The Bible tells us that they hid amongst the trees. And if you look into trees, what they actually hid about then was uh, what they hid in was what God had given them for provision. And we tend to do that. We run into every place in the world we can find sometimes to hide from God, to face 
not to not face the reality that we're created to be in relationship with Him. So we run into our work, we run into our social groups, we run into anything we can to escape the gaze of God, thinking that maybe He won't notice, but friends, He notices. And He's going, hey, where are you? Come on. Let's walk together. And tonight, that's His invitation. Can I ask you to bow your heads just for a moment, please? If you know tonight that God's speaking to you, your hands might be sweating, your heart might be pumping, uh, thumping, that's often what happens as the Holy Spirit provokes us. Tonight, if you know that God is speaking to you and you're saying, I've got to come into relationship with Jesus tonight, be it the first time or whether you're saying tonight, I've got to come back to Jesus. Tonight is your night. Out of all eternity, past, present, future, tonight is your night to say yes to Jesus. And while every head's bowed, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand if tonight you're saying, today is the day. Jesus, today I choose you. And you might be feeling frightened on the inside about making that decision. But can I say to you, that is the most normal thing you could possibly do is to step into a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand in just a moment. If tonight you're saying, Jesus, today I choose you. First time, coming back. Don't wait to get all cleaned up and right before you make a decision to pursue Jesus. That's why he went to a cross, so that you can come just as you are. Tonight, if you're saying yes to Jesus, can you lift your hand now, please? Just so I can see it, I want to acknowledge you. Thank you, I see your hand, that's awesome. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. I've seen at least four hands so far. Make sure you catch my eye. It's awesome. I'm only going to wait a couple of moments. Is there anybody else tonight? Bible tells us that when one person gets their life right with Christ, the angels celebrate. So four people tonight getting their lives right with Jesus. Come on, that's a party in heaven. Let's give them a big hand. Come on. Give them a big hand. Fantastic. Wonderful. That's great. If you responded to Jesus tonight, please make sure you either see the person that you came with see myself or another leader before you go because we want to help you in your journey with God and uh, we want to do anything we can to help you get a really good start and connect well with Jesus well done very very good as we finish tonight thank you Libby can we please give Libby Libby a big hand that's a great word really was fantastic and Wayne thank you for the two of you being with us today wonderful to have you here loved it Appreciate you. Wonderful. If you are visiting with us tonight, there's packs at the back, and there'll be someone there to greet you on the way out. Look at that. Owen's down the back there waving. Fantastic.